0: Welcome to Gender Weird, the podcast where we ruin your favorite movies by calling them gay. This is Jane from Style of Substance.
1: And this is Vivian Strange. Today we're talking about uh, Short Bus, a dramedy from 2006 by John Cameron Mitchell of Hedwig and the Angry Inch fame. And Love, a 2015 art house drama film by Gaspar Noé.
0: Something that these two films have in common, and why I kind of want to pair them together, is um, both of these films are arguably pornographic. They have unsimulated sex in them. What actually made me want to like discuss both of them together isn't so much that. Yes, that's a part of them. I want to talk about how both of these films deal with. Um, Polyamory. By that I mean, like free love, and kind of like in the in the way that like kind of like monogamy is kind of like contrasted by polyamory.
1: Yeah. So the so basically, what these films are about, love, is a a non linear look at a the relationship between this American named Murphy and this French woman named Electra, both names charged with symbolic meaning. <laughs> um, and they're the course of their frankly disastrous train wreck of a relationship things kind of go go awry when they uh Introduce a third person into their, into their relationship.
0: Their, their neighbor, Omi. <laughs> yeah.
1: She's a, uh, she's like 16, but, um, that's, that's neither here nor there. But, um, and then Short Bus is, it follows a cast of, uh, characters in New York in a variety of relationships or dealing with their own, like, dysfunctions. Like our main character, uh, our most main character is Sophia, who is a, uh, sex therapist who, has never had an orgasm before, and mm-hmm. her her story. She prefers about- couples counselor. She prefers couples counselor, but frankly, I find that 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 title mononormative. Um, mm-hmm. so- <laughs> she's like counseling
0: uh, like like these two gay men, Jamie and Jamie, who uh, they're both named Jamie, but then one of them end up. Preferring to be called James later on, and basically they're trying to introduce a third person in their relationship, and she's over here saying, "I'm not a sex therapist. I'm a couples counselor." And yes, that is very mononormative. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. In addition to um, Sophia, there's also like the Jamies and who bring in Seth, a a third in their relationship dynamic. Sophia starts befriending um this dominatrix sex worker named Severin, and she is having troubles you know with her um Sophie is having troubles with like her husband rob who just does not fulfill her and yeah i think that that kind of like brings
1: about well, and well their their relationship is is uh, a a happy one uh, apparently um at least according to her outwardly uh, yeah it's a uh, it's just they they suffer from um you know problems because he can't he can't give her an orgasm her and her husband they do talk they do communicate the problem oh, yeah. isn't so much
0: communication as much as it is being able to fulfill each other's needs.
1: And mm-hmm. I mean,
0: I mean, even Rob feels small in this relationship.
1: Yeah, you know. Uh, basically, they all these characters converge at this um, underground salon called Short Bus. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically like not not a sex club, but th- that that happens there. Well,
0: it's-, it's almost like this like whole like art scene too. Like there'd be bringing yeah. kind of like their like. Paintings and like films
1: and stuff. um Yeah, there's there's a lot going well, on. Which
0: is actually something interesting. I also find about uh love is it, there's also like this like the the characters are, are are artists, aspiring artists. You know, Electra is a painter, and um Murphy is like a photographer and filmmaker. Or at least he wants to be. Yeah, you know, um he wants to you know make a film out of blood, sperm, and tears because that's like the essence of life. And I mean, ironically, that's what Noah's doing. That's what you know mitchell's also doing with these films um yeah but but yeah both of these films uh were developed somewhat were developed with like the uh you know the cast and crew they were kind of like working on the characters um in the case of love a lot of it was improvised whereas with short bust the director john cameron mitchell would work with like the uh, actors to kind of like help write the characters and so in, in a lot of ways both of these films you know they display like you know, graphic sex scenes, but they kind of like do it with so much intimacy, and they really are kind of like reflections of not only the director but also the the actors themselves. And because we're seeing not just like a film, but an intimate portrait of people's lives. Because sex, for a lot of people, is like a part of their lives, and and Gaspar Noé and John Cameron Mitchell both wanted to show that. Basically, why not use all of the tools in a toolbox it seems kind of like ridiculous that we don't have more films like this and no way has always been kind of like a provocateur you know he was kind of like known like as like a prominent figure in the like the french new extremism basically uh with yeah. like films like irreversible uh but, but 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 yeah he wanted to also explore kind of like basically the human condition in its most passionate and intimate form and that's where yeah. like love and short bust kind of like like came about why would why is it called short Bus, though okay like, what do you think so, of that title is that like uh, a little bit
1: ableist <laughs> uh, uh, perhaps i i don't think that I, I don't i don't think that it's that it's very ableist because it's not um like at the expense of the disabled it's um let's see as mm. as justin bond the the, the mistress of short bus justin vivian bond At that <laughs> justin vivian bond uh yeah that's a... uh is but um but the way uh Justin puts it is, um, telling Sophia short bus is a salon for the gifted and challenged. You've heard of the big yellow school bus. Well, this is, you know, we're in the, in the short bus. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's small potatoes. It's a, I don't think the gifted and
0: challenged. I think in this case, it just specifically means outsiders, whatever that is. And the way that John Cameron Mitchell looks at it is that you can be queer and even still be straight yeah you can and you can also be gay without being queer queer is it's like you know seeing life through like a prism of gender Mm -hmm. those that deviate from kind of what's ascribed to them so yeah sometimes that can be like kind of like straightness or you know like um homosexuality of course and then also just people that just don't feel like they quite belong there was like this one um you know, there's like a person that's there with like puppets. There's a person there, kind of that that, that <laughs> kind of like dresses as like a as like Doctor Donut or something like that. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> just different ways of like artistic expression. That is the gifted. Yeah. And then and there's it's... the challenged, and everybody has their own challenges. And yeah, I'm sure that there's an array of different neurodivergency that's that, that's like a, that's also on
1: display. Um, oh, I mean it's it's a bunch of it's a bunch of queer and trans people. Yeah, of course there's neurodivergency. <laughs> yeah i think like uh, film
0: in general is trying is kind of like slowly but surely erasing kind of like sex and even sometimes roman- romance from the equation and yeah. i think part of that is comes alongside kind of like queer acceptance like the way to like queerness into like mainstream cinema is to basically just make mainstream cinema less sexual and less mm-hmm. and less kind of um you know romantic and so i feel like What's really refreshing about this film, and and love to to an extent too, is is that like not only is it like a clear display of kind of like sexual liberation, you know, and like the sense of like unity, but also it's like it's very much queer. It is very oh, much yeah. queer. Because basically what queerness can be is basically like what is the outside. So in this case it is, you know sex sex belongs in art and that's expressed in the very beginning of the film we kind of are introduced to these different characters and new york is displayed in almost like this kind of this like i don't know if it's miniatures or like cgi or something basically you kind of like see these little hints where mitchell is making the argument that sex belongs in art with severin you know uh her client um basically comes on the on the pollock painting sex belongs here she's like huh and J- james is is filming himself basically giving himself head and taking a bath sex belongs in art and then with uh, sophia she's like having sex with her husband she's performing number one which is an art mm-hmm, yep. She's performing that she enjoys it when she doesn't and also like she's kind of like bouncing on the piano it belongs in music and uh (laughs) caleb the the voyeur like the uh, the stalker who's like watching the jamies he basically is like looking through things through like a through binoculars or or through like a telescope in a very kind of like a rear window kind of way he is basically watching them as characters in a film he likes james more than jamie because he's the sad one (laughs) yeah you find that the whole dynamic interesting
1: yeah you you mentioned the uh the the movies today being drained of sexuality and even romance um and life and and life uh by extension um which is really a subtle way of uh erasure erasure erase erasing um intimacy and particularly queer intimacy and Mm -hmm. um also contributing to that whole uh infantilization of of culture, um, because that's, that's something I noticed happening. The entertainment industrial complex is, it's infantilizing us, making us, uh, trying to make us squeamish about, about, about sexuality and, and conferring it, uh, conflating it with, uh, like moral panic and whatnot like
0: yes but at the same time people do like consume porn on the regular i find it really strange how people will moralize films for having like a two-minute sex scene but then also like just like probably consume degenerate porn on the regular (laughs) yeah Um, and and what people are almost like kind of like inadvertently arguing for is like a complete separation segregation from porn and films intended for adults which is strange to me and i feel like personally i think there should be more of a consolidation of the two exactly
1: i think think that unsimulated sex uh in in cinema should be uh it should be a more frequent and honestly normalized thing
0: what would you say to people like let's say somebody that's like asexual and basically feel that like culture itself is is kind of a bit too sexual
1: and the way that kind of like sex is sold to people through media speaking as someone who is somewhere on the a spectrum it's the problem is the commodification of sex and and honestly looking at the way film has gone in in last decade at least the The desexualization of it, I think what what do y'all want? like w- movies are less less sexual than they have ever been.
0: I think ultimately, in my opinion, what we need more of is just more perspective and diversity.
1: honestly, I'm more intrigued by portrayals of sex in media than I am by sex itself-huh um because because you know the artistic expression thereof is is it's wildly diverse, and, uh, to be, if I may be coarse and blunt to anybody who is, uh, averse to seeing explicit sexuality in, in their media, um, grow the fuck up. I was disappointed, like, growing up and being able to watch rated R films and realizing that, oh, these, these really aren't that they aren't that scandalous. much... Scandalous? Yeah, they aren't as scandalous as, as...
0: If somebody doesn't watch R-rated films growing up, and they, start, they just start now, like, kind of, like, as, like, a young adult or kind of, like, an older teenager, they're also watching porn at the same time.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was watching porn before I was watching rated R movies.
0: And, and the, pro- the problem I have with pornography is, is that, the, that oftentimes a general tendency is that, like, I feel like it's, oftentimes it still separates sex from everyday life where it's kind of seen as this taboo other thing and then there's kind of like
1: stories yeah aren't built around that as much and that's why i think more of them should be <laughs> um people say that uh sex doesn't advance the plot or whatnot you can't have meanwhile sh- uh love is basically a a story told from <laughs> sexual encounter to sexual encounter to sexual encounter and in the same way that crash was by david cronenberg like david cronenberg specifically said uh he he made crash kind of as a way as a response to people who who you know were like no but you can't tell a story through just going like you know sex to sex to sex to sex and david cronenberg was like bet and made <laughs> made crash when you contrast it with violence, especially, like, honestly, I think people fuck more than they, uh, uh, fight and, and kill each other, but, like, we don't see this same, uh, outcry against, you know, well these, these action scenes, which themselves are, uh, uh neutered, um, I, I think, especially in the, <sighs> comic book movies that <laughs> dominate our current media escape, you have, like, action and fight scenes that don't serve the plot, so why are they there? It's, like, grow up. Yeah, grow up. It's puritanism and I I despise it. Yeah, cuz everybody's the, like ew, icky, icky.
0: You don't put that there.
1: <laughs> and and it's like I think so much of our of our sexual dysfunction as as a society kind of revolves around the fact that the way sex is presented to us through media um the the, the divide between porn and cinema it's really at at the heart of a lot of our dysfunction. It,
0: it is because we try to escape that part of us. It, likewise, you know, and, and I think this honestly ties back to mononormativity and, and kind of like heteronormativity is basically just preserving this like ideal image that's traditionally and socially passed on to you. You know, sex is the, the function of sex is procreation and, mm-hmm. and to start a family and to contribute to the system. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, carry down your bloodline. Marry and reproduce, marry and reproduce. It's funny, because, like, like, I would almost say that when I think about these films, I don't really think about how explicit they are, necessarily. But I wouldn't yeah. say, oh, once you get past the sex, you can engage with the story. No, no, no. The sex is part of the story. Exactly. It's very much, like, intertwined. And that's a good thing.
1: Uh-huh. And, like, in Short Bus in particular, like, the thing I remember about Short Bus the most is that it made me cry ugly cry five times throughout it's throughout its it's it's runtime and in in one scene in particular the uh mayor uh former mayor of new york who's a, a patron at the club the scene where he is he's describing uh, queerness and being in new york and the way you know new york uh, culture- new york is
0: a place to get fucked it's also a place
1: to be forgiven
0: the mayor was working uh during the, during the you know the aids crisis to you know, help people. Um, he did what he could, he says. Um, but people felt that because he
1: was closeted, yeah. he didn't do enough. But, like... Like, that whole exchange makes me sob because, like, anything, any pathos related to the 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 AIDS crisis makes me sob. Um, especially the way that but, Seth, like, kisses him afterwards. Like, the, twi- oh the tw- so 12, be- 20-something kids. It's so beautiful. It's intercut with Sophia uh, back in the Sex Not Bombs room watching this couple or watching this woman, um, <laughs> who she, 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 she has she's been noticed. Sex. <laughs> yeah. As as she's having sex. And it's the way it is framed is very, it, it's gorgeous because unspoken thing, uh, through it is that, uh, Sophia is gay. Um, <laughs> yeah. when she tells us this room full of lesbians that, you know, she's never had an orgasm. Of course, the first question they ask is, have you ever had sex with a woman? And she's like, no, but I don't think I'm wired that way. And then spends the entire movie uh, making, like, these deep longing eyes for this really, really gorgeous uh, tattooed woman um, who's, you know...
0: I think she's a fire eater in real life. Really? Oh, that's hot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and so her, you know, this movie is very much, like, her queer awakening, um, even though it's not necessarily framed like that because mm-hmm. she winds up, like in between this couple um it's with them that she has her uh her first orgasm
0: right and she has the first orgasm that kind of like relights new york back up because everything is like interconnected because the film is very much like about like kind of community and unity of kind of like mm-hmm. you know the queer outsider or whatever somebody's sexual proclivity is and so she's like yeah. she's like longing for like for something, for fulfillment.
1: And just the way that the way the sex is, like, inter- intercut with the story and the emotion and the character, it's, like, it's very much, it, it enhances it. Um, Same with love, for that matter. Oh, yeah. It, love is very, as far as emotional experiences go, love is very different from Short Bus. Love is a very upsetting, uh, grueling movie. Well, yeah,
0: and, and there are some commonalities between the two, and I think that they actually say a lot of similar things as each other oh yeah let's talk a little bit about like kind of uh monogamy and, and polyamory so
1: yeah what is polyamory <laughs> oh, okay so the um I- I- it's important to get uh some 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 definitions uh you know uh, out of the way um namely a monogamy versus polyamory well monogamy doesn't necessarily m- imply that you know uh, a a monogamous couple is married. Um, it's, monogamy is a rigid hegemonic framework that's imposed upon relationships, while polyamory is an open-ended practice of relationships. I say polyamory is not an orientation. That's my hot take. Polyamory is not an orientation, it's a practice. It's a way of conducting, uh, one's relationships Um, that's an
0: interesting distinction um i think like just to get this out of the way polygamy which is like you know so mono is like you know a marriage with one person polygamy is a marriage with multiple people polygamy in say like uh like the middle east and like pakistan for example like under like islam that it is often like not so much polyamory, as we understand, but more so just like an extension of the institution of marriage. They don't divorce there because that's taboo, so they just get another wife. And it's also kind of like a flex of wealth sometimes. It's
1: not not by any means exclusive to Islam. It's actually like kind of a, across the board just kind of a thing. Oh, no, no, um, no, 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 no. Oh, no, like of course a... not.
0: But, like, but like, like, for example, um, the way that Christianity in America kind of like upholds monogamy, like sometimes, like Islam in like... um like, Middle Eastern countries upholds kind of, like, polygamy and monogamy kind of, like,
1: together yeah, at, at the
0: same time. It's, Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: what I, what I'd say is that, uh, polygamy like monogamy, uh, polygamy is an extension of patriarchy, um, as is, as is monogamy. That's, that's why yes. I'd say that I am anti-monogamy, because I don't like the idea of, a patriarchal, uh, institutional framework being, you know, the, the, the rule of conduct, the default. the default, what, what it comes down to, uh, what it should come down to is, uh, a, a preference for exclusivity, um, like sexual or romantic exclusivity. Like that's, that's fine. That, that's a fine, you know, term to have set of terms to have for, uh, one's, romantic or sexual relationship subscribing to monogamy means necessarily subscribing to a whole system of uh, a whole framework of uh, very strict Cis heteronormative, you know, things that's, that's, that's what we call mononormativity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's mononormativity. And I think it's also worth noting that mononormativity, like, as you mentioned, it's, it's very much tied to patriarchy. It's very much tied to the idea of woman being subservient to man, basically. And right you know people even straight people try to break from kind of like the the traditions and kind of like like uh restrictiveness of you know monogamy as an institution you know like because like how many like i could think of so many times where like a boyfriend of like a, you know of like a girl doesn't want that girl to have uh male friends yeah like friends like <laughs> uh because it's it, it, it threatens kind of their like their security and their kind of like, like like i guess i'm just gonna say it people don't like it but their possession over the woman they want uh-huh. to kind of like claim them as their own and they don't want anything to threaten that and you know monogamy
1: it, is about possession yes and,
0: and and monogamy is mononormativity is very much like wrapped up with heteronormativity
1: monogamy poisons and permeates all of our uh, ideas of social right. interactions
0: it, it it, it it restricts like what we can do with our friends. It restricts what we can do with um with our partner, honestly, and kind of like and and because sometimes what I've noticed in the past is like when I was like more like I guess male inclined <laughs> um of, of, of the way, of my framework of kind of like looking at the world, it, it was very much tied to kind of like the socially and self imposed masculinity, and what that meant for me was basically you know. I would, I would have like a girlfriend, and you know she starts having feelings for somebody else, and it didn't actually bother me that much. And only but, bo- like, what would bother me is if she just didn't have that this feelings for me. But I thought, oh, what well, if she has feelings for somebody else? That means that I'm in trouble here, or she's in trouble here, mm-hmm. and something's not working between us, which isn't necessarily
1: the case. It really isn't. Yeah. It it can be a sign. So- it can be a sign, but not necessarily. What it threatens is is. Uh, is monogamy? If you remember uh, uh, John Carpenter's They Live, when he puts on the glasses, the things that it said were like, you know, buy, obey, and marry and reproduce came up. And that one, that one, like, you know, thunderstruck me because it's really, it's eerie how so much of uh, all of our society's uh, prescriptions about uh, gender and sexual, sexual orientation and practice and even an the The arrangement of the fam, the nuclear family, and all that is is solely is to the ends of marry and reproduce, perpetuate the the nuclear family. The-, the The what's sold to us is this: is that if you accidentally get pregnant, you must commit to that
0: person and um, mm-hmm. work together and raise a kid with them, even if you don't want to. Yep. Again, women being subservient to kind of like what the system is, and that's kind of what in love. This is this is kind of the the dynamic that happens, you know, so basically, uh, yeah, the problem isn't Murphy so much being unfaithful to um, Electra while she's gone and, and having sex with Omi. The problem is that he had sex with her and is having a kid with her. Uh huh. And she even is, like, I, I feel like she would feel a lot more better about everything if, she, if basically, um, Omi got an abortion. But Omi doesn't uh-huh. want to get an abortion because she's pro-life, because, you know... And, and, and for very, kind of, like, narcissistic and solipsistic reasons, because, like, oh, yeah. well, I wouldn't
1: have be, been here if it weren't for that. Like, also uh, also worth pointing out, uh, she's kind of... She's literally a child, um, and uh, frankly, <laughs> frankly, very strong uh uncompromising pro-life pro-life um positions are uh, honestly a a a a sign, at least at least to me of of childishness of not being in touch with the reality of the world um because you know if you have if you have a a a child at 16 you are ruining your life you are shooting yourself in the foot when omi kind of like tells murphy
0: that, that she's pregnant she doesn't really want to have a kid.
1: Uh-huh. She does so out of obligation and feeling like she has to because that's how it works. The reason that Electra is not she doesn't leave Murphy over uh his 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 affairs with, you know, other other women, but because he's having a child with one um is because uh cheating, uh cheating and infidelity, I'd argue, is a a subtextual component of monogamy like i said like you can be sexually exclusive you can be romantically exclusive whatever that's that's your business is your relationship monogamy is a system that is uh runs counter to how human beings are actually actually are
0: yeah i honestly think that i also think that so many relationships fail because they follow the script of mononormativity and Mm -hmm. and and, you know the, the participants do that for no reason at all beyond thinking that they should and then feeling yeah. insecure because their models of relationships and what works, even if it goes against their interests, they're like, oh, hey, this is what everybody else does. So obviously I'm doing it wrong and therefore uh-huh. I feel insecure because this is isn't how it's supposed to be. And it's like, I- I'm not saying that everybody should just be like poly or whatever. I'm saying that everybody should loosen up. yeah you can't really replicate that initial rush that you get with like your with it with your partner even if it's like it develops to a serious relationship you're now in a serious relationship you can't replicate that initial rush with them you just can't and um so you will naturally have that with other people and start like kind of like like having like a little bits of affection towards other people and what monogamy says is this you keep that to yourself and you hide it you repress it you know what you're Kind of like how uh-huh. you know gay people yep. repress being gay. It you know heteronormativity says that, and mononormativity says repress how you feel. And if you talk about it with your partner, it better be with the intention of um, eliminating that part of you to 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 destroy that. And mm-hmm. when in, in my opinion, I think that it, it, it just like kind of stunts communication, and it and it just like makes your relationship with your partner even worse. Because, because, because guess what? Yeah. Odds are they are experiencing something too. And some people may be like, oh, well, I never felt that way. Um, I'm very much in love with my partner. Yeah. You can be very much in love with your partner. Yeah. But like how you're feeling, if you give that to yourself, that is what's creating a strain, you know? And, and, uh-huh. and, and I think that people just need to be more honest because when you're honest with it, guess what? You're less likely to cheat, and in my opinion, actual cheating is not having sex with somebody else. Actual cheating is when you're in a committed relationship with somebody, and you just simply um, you lie and keep secrets and do not communicate. But guess what? You're doing that anyways when you repress things. Yeah,
1: yeah, and like if you think about how many uh, you know so-called just normal normal nuclear couples uh, with families or not like how how cheating is is regarded as something that it's not necessarily something it many times oftentimes it's not something that necessitates you know like breaking up oh, or anything not. especially if especially if there's especially if there's kids in the mix when murphy cheats on electra it's it doesn't end their relationship uh it doesn't cause things to like you know permanently break however what does is getting another woman pregnant because that is a, a pregnancy and child, childbirth and child rearing reproduction is the goal of, mono- of monogamy it, it is the necessary part of it
0: yeah and and even and even like murphy and electra they want to have like well at least murphy wants to have a kid with electra and they talk about these things and so, so that so that is their own like goal as well but the thing is it's almost like why why are you doing this because that also means pro- presumably um you know raising a kid with another woman you know being that person's husband um and committing to them and dropping Electra. Yeah, Ex- and that's sad. Yeah. And and, and, and here's the th- here's the thing to know. And let me tell you a revelation. All, all the stuff th- like people's like insecurities and stuff stuff, like like their bound even sometimes there are boundaries of, of of like what they want their partner to do or not do. A lot of that is socially imposed. So much uh-huh. of it. And for some reason I you know, we talk I see like a lot of mainstream conversations about cisnormativity and heteronormativity. And yeah, that's good um and and, you know just patriarchy but also like mononormativity it's just so not that criticized i think that just because people just view poly people as cringe
1: (laughs) yeah and and to be to be fair very many poly people and and polycules (laughs) and and uh loosely organized sex cults of personality that call themselves polycules (laughs) sorry not sorry um they many of them are cringe but um but that that's why i don't like thinking of polyamorous as uh an identity as a an orientation because it's very much just a practice it's just it's just something you do
0: i don't know if i agree with you about the orientation thing because like if you think about it when it comes to poly people when it comes to polyamorous people they they kind of have the realization that hey i actually am wired to be okay with my partner having like you know doing whatever with somebody else
1: yeah i guess i just i guess i just don't like the i just don't like the idea of being wired uh thinking of ourselves as being wired a particular way
0: well maybe orientation is actually more the question of what exactly defines orientation because maybe orientation again a lot of it's more socially imposed i think some, i think a lot of people will kind of come to realize oh crap my insecurities are kind of like self-imposed based off of my models of relationships that's, uh, that's socially
1: imposed. Yeah. As Resist it. As- Resist <laughs> it.
0: You can, you, no, I know, I guarantee you, you communicate with your partner and, and as long as they're as open-minded as you, you'll start realizing, Hey, you can work together. You can work together and make things work out better. And that's what, that's what Murphy doesn't get in, in, in love is that like because he's so inclined? He has these um this drive of like you know to 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 cheat on Electra, and and Electra does too with like um her ex boyfriend who Casper Noe plays, named Noe, and um <laughs> and, and and that guy's married with kids too. Um, but totally. but Murphy like he he knows he has this drive, but he also can't let go of his possessiveness of her that's what it comes down to. You can't let go of his possessiveness of her. And, um, like, and his, because he feels it it threatens his masculinity. It threatens his kind of his, like, his will to power. And, and (laughs) like, it's like, oh, and this is how guys think, you know, it's okay for a guy to go have sex with a bunch of people,
1: but not a girl. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, because a girl might, uh, and ultimately, yeah, it comes down to, uh, t- reproduction is <laughs> there's you know the chance that they could get impregnated w- by someone who is not their you know male partner and that disrupts the system, that disrupts patriarchy that that is a The betrayal of of the yes that, and, and, that and, and, system. and
0: it's what leads to the ultimate sadness at the end it leaves him to be alone in contrast mm-hmm. had a short person it ends everybody together in this triumphant orgy. Yep. And, and it's not and, and the thing is the way that it portrays it it's not this scandalous thing it's just this part of life it's a celebration that adults can do with each other get yeah, over and- get over those hang-ups like sophia she's like she just kept trying to make her and her husband work and the thing is i'm not even convinced that like in, in the context of the film that she even leaves her husband
1: yeah no I've she doesn't
0: no, 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 but she's sexually she's not getting fulfilled by him and she can get fulfilled by somebody else and there's and and the same with him honestly he doesn't feel Uh fulfilled he feels small so Sophia, you know like she kind of like hooks up with that with that couple mainly the girl and um rob across the uh you know across the room you know kind of sees her and, and they kind of they acknowledge each other Guess what? That strengthens probably their relationship, whether it, like, um, remains a marriage or whatever. But whatever their relationship is, their friendship, whatever, they become closer because they let each other go. Let each other be authentic to themselves, be fulfilled. Yep. Uh, In love, there's this cop that kind of, like, attributes, uh, like... um, this kind of like this possessiveness this kind of like insecurity as being a very american mentality as compared to the more free loving and free thinking kind of like french society because it's it's said in france Murphy, he goes to the sex club and is like, "Oh yeah, I quite like this. I quite like that I can have sex with like women. But my partner, they they can't be having sex with men. This is crazy. I'm sorry, you can't do like that. literally. You can't literally.
1: Yeah. He is, and and Electra says this is like he he goes and he's 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 fucking two women at once and gets gets pissy." When she's getting fucked by two guys at once, it's like well,
0: well. Also, like his his whole like ultimate fantasy, and this is a lot of straight guys' ultimate fantasy, is to have sex with two girls at the same time, have a partner with them. She's just free thinking, like yeah, sure, why not? I'm I'm down for it, and because she's a little, she's a little bit fruity. um- for sure yeah it, but i think she uh, more importantly she she doesn't she doesn't care you know she's more she's more open and was well, he is like whoa this is ultimate fantasy but what do you expect you can't have such rigorous standards for your partner um that you don't also have for yourself like at least it's not fair you sh- it should at least and- be somewhat kind of like it would thing is just loosen your grip on your girl and then you can more than likely, um, get what you want to fulfill what you know. And the reason, fulfill your and the reason
1: a lot of uh, straight men's uh, power fantasy, because that's what it is, um, mm. is it involves like fucking two women. Uh, is because double possession. You know, it's part of double, the, pay, yeah, two possessions at you know at once. Whereas uh, having a threesome with a with a, a woman and another guy, that is seen that is perceived as sharing. Uh, and, you know, sharing is obvious, is, is unacceptable because, you know. great right.
0: so, so there, so therefore the the assumption is then, like, that man owns the woman, basically.
1: The big distinction, the biggest distinction I saw between, uh, Short Bus and Love is that the characters in Short Bus, every single one of them is characterized by their needs and their desires, and they prioritize the pursuit of filling those needs. There is not much, there's no, like, real, uh, kind of possessiveness in short bus it just it isn't a thing even rob the straight guy husband who can't satisfy his wife even he doesn't like display possessiveness like even with even even with the egg when she has the 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 egg in her pussy oh the Um, of
0: the senses uh reference there
1: yeah yeah and uh even even then he's not using it as a as a you know kind of because it is what it is it's a kinky like control thing even he does not, like, he loses the fucking remote control, and I I just, I find that hilarious. And it's just in anybody's
0: I mean, hands at some point. At that yeah. Point.
1: Meanwhile, the characters in Love, they prioritize the scripts of monogamy and mononormativity over their specific needs, which mm-hmm. leads to possessiveness, alienation, and misery.
0: Yeah, it seems pretty clear to me that the smart thing to do that would make everybody happy is for Omi to abort, because she's, like... She's, like, on the brink of being 17, abort. That's kind of, like, maybe it, it's it, it, like, it. yeah, yeah it. she's, she, she's guess 16, what? she will be over that in two months. Her parents aren't around. You know why they aren't? Because they don't want her, and once she once she turns 16, they kicked her out.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, 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 for real. And guess what? That's gonna happen again with their yep. kid.
1: Yeah, there's, I, I felt like god so bad uh for for the kid because that's really that's really who loses in uh from in in, in monogamy is the people who are non-consensually brought into the world because of uh straight monogamous people's um Bullshit and mm-hmm. irresponsibility and possessiveness. Because really, that's what monogamy is. Monogamy is about possessive, possessiveness mm-hmm. and control. And people don't th- like to, it's about power. Uh huh. Here's it. And here's the thing about love and control because the characters love, they're all, they, they pair it over and over and over again. I want love. This is about love. Life's about love, man. But the f- fundamental truth is that you cannot love someone and control them at the same time mm. they are mutually incompatible loving someone means refusing to exert control over them um it's not including like like power play and, and and stuff like that because because yeah one can like like with the 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 egg from the realm of the senses like that's that's different well, that's, you can, there can be consensual
0: experiences but 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 the, the difference there is that you have a clear grasp of what your partner wants and and desires and, and, uh-huh. and how to fulfill their needs and not just your own needs and hoping that your partner kind of goes along with it.
1: Ooh. Yeah. And there's exactly. like some,
0: there's like this line towards the beginning of, of like short I think this is what categorizes the differences. Uh Jamie says to to his counselor, monogamy is for straight people. Although I would argue that, you know, them wanting to bring a third in the relationship, it's not like that is like that problematic for them, but one must question James' motivation. He wants to find somebody so Jamie won't be
1: alone. Um,
0: yeah. It, once when, he once he like ends his life is kind of the deal.
1: Yeah, James's James's through line is uh, he's making this this film about you know himself and whatnot as a suicide tape because he's he's depressed and he intends to kill himself and he he brings mm-hmm. up the uh, the idea of opening up their relationship and bringing in a third so that Jamie has somebody when. James, you know, kills himself.
0: I don't ever get a hint to that short pass in any way, shape, or form is saying that, like, you know, the problem there is, like, polyglomerate. I, I, yeah, I, no. It's, 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 it's really not. Because like, like, if, it's... if you think about it, even, like, towards, like, uh, you know, if, even towards the end, you know, James, like, attempts suicide, but his stalker rescues him, and they get it on, and Jamie finds out about this and he's relieved He is not upset at him he just is glad that his partner is okay and in the end mm-hmm. their relationship is fine
1: you know yeah. and they're l- working like through it, it again there's the the prioritization of their uh you know their partner's needs and desires over o- over their their own sense of control because that's because that's that's just it that the people took contention with with the fact that they're their stalker their their voyeur um <laughs>
0: voyeurism is wound up having a
1: positive role voyeurism is participation it, it's it's he who saves James from his suicide attempt and um and winds up you know James stays with him instead of going back home to Jamie because you know because because you know just reasons uh because james's problem is uh with vulnerability he doesn't want to let people in and that's that's outwardly manifested by the fact that he won't let anyone fuck him what he really needs is he needs an
0: outsider and and you know caleb the the voyeur has been watching them for for like a few years uh-huh and and, and Adam has like this movie and basically james he needs somebody that under he, he needs in a way a guardian angel somebody that's kind of like watch it somebody that's kind of like watching him and that's the yeah. deal there. Like and the, and the problem with Jamie and James. James, Jamie and James, I think are are, are fairly compatible. The the thing oh, yeah. the thing is, James just James knows Jamie really well. They're very close, but he needs an
1: outsider. They're t- He's an outsider they're too with close. Him yes. Uh huh. They're they're too close because he even says that uh, Jamie loves him so much. He loves him as much as the people who have hurt him do. And and what he finds in Caleb is somebody who loves him who he doesn't. He he doesn't know he's not close enough to him to be to be that kind of guarded and so he's able to he's able to open up to him and he's able to be vulnerable and Caleb uh fulfills this need of his and all of them are better off for it when when I when I was thinking that you know all of these characters are characterized by their needs and even Jamie um it, it's funny because in the counseling in the counseling scene um you know Sophia asks what do you need tell me in a sentence what you need and he's like i love everybody she's like that's not a need he says oh i need to love everybody and he takes that and rolls with it when somebody says that what they actually mean is they need people to love them they need to be loved so jamie needs to be with some it needs to be loved by somebody and james recognizes that which is why he wants to bring someone else in so that jamie is not left alone so what does seth want then and seth is the guy that they let in he needs absolution of some kind Mm. he's younger uh he, he comes from outside of new york um is and is probably still in that in that phase of like dealing with the the cultural conditioning that something is wrong with him because he's gay um and he needs he needs to be to be validated and to to be told that that's okay. He needs a
0: community is a mm-hmm. community which is why he ended up falling for kind of like two guys at once. Yeah. Um just to kind of like make sure we we are complete here. What about Severin?
1: I I I love Severin. Um Severin's a uh she's a sex worker, uh, a dominatrix and her She's
0: probably on the asexual uh spectrum
1: somewhere. Yeah. It's... Yeah, she's she she's probably she's some like probably somewhere in there. Yeah what she wants is intimacy what she wants real as she puts it to Sophia. she wants friendship she wants a real real human connection she wants community because even even at the uh even at the outset when we see her in the uh, the pussy palace she reads as a bit of an outsider a bit of mm-hmm. you know she's in the
0: corner kind of and they're kind of like oh what do you want Severan? she just yeah. taking photos without their consent and stuff.
1: Yeah, and um, and and so that's the need that Sophia helps like provides for her. She gives her actual like human intimacy mm-hmm. in the end during the big like, you know, orgy party thing. Uh Severin's you know, she she's she's alone. She's like not 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 with anybody. She just she screams. Yeah, she she screams. She, yeah, she screams she, she too. Well,
0: what do you what do you make of that part cuz that's one part I haven't exactly been able to know exactly what uh, to think.
1: Oh, I I I read it as uh like exhilaration, like you know happiness. She's she is in a place where she feels like she belongs and she feels she is loved, and is, you know so she gets her 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 personal fulfillment out of that. And yeah, I I I I, I definitely see her screaming as as a orgasmic even like like she's she's having a, a kind of her own uh, spiritual or emotional orgasm. Um, and she'd rather, and she'd rather have it to herself. Yeah, because at the, yeah, because at the, in the scene with the, uh, the, the, the trust fund twat, um, at the beginning, he's like, you know, what was your best orgasm like? It's like time had stopped and I was alone. Um, and, uh, at the end she says that she cried after, after it because time hadn't stopped and she wasn't alone. Her being like on her own, you know, to herself at the end and happy.
0: Right, and then she's also, but then she's also having like, uh, she's also had a more intimate connection with, uh, Sophia, little by little, kind of more accepting herself as her own individual, you know? And, yeah. and, and that's interesting, but then it kind of like climaxes in her, um, getting aroused by, uh, the, the egg, the, the little like, um, <laughs> little sex toy that's in, um, Sophia. And she kind of like, it's because she's easily turned on, but she's asexual insofar as she doesn't connect with the people that she, has sexual transactions with and here it's no different because she's like being selfish you know in a way <laughs> yeah is just there like oh okay
1: <laughs> and i i find it i find it very interesting that uh one it's the it's the egg that uh gets her off the egg being an instrument of domination and control controlled by rob um sophia is just kind of there um and but then severin later uh you know rob goes to her and is like he, he falls up on his his feelings of smallness and powerlessness what he needs is to be topped um <laughs> uh because you know some a lot of guys are like that they they you know prefer getting getting topped and dominated because you know that's a that's just sometimes, that's, that's they, a thing. sometimes
0: they also have like mommy issues and stuff too and women <laughs> yeah. have daddy issues oh electra has daddy issues <laughs> <laughs> oh my that's one god my favorite line. Yeah, that's... Oh, oh um also like uh on the topic of, of like monog- monogamy that is murphy's law uh, whatever <laughs> whatever can go wrong will go wrong i like how blatant it is um and and love
1: Noe knows writers who uh, use subtext and he thinks they're all Oh, cowards. yeah. I
0: mean, like, like, so, like <laughs> most of his films are, like, barely scripted and, and he just, like, lets people kind of, like, go wild but then he also, like, edits it around to his own liking. There's direction, no, don't get me wrong, but, yeah, there's... Um, and, yeah, his films are very gender weird. Um, uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Irreversible, there's this, like, extended scene that kind of, like, takes place uh, in, a, in a gay uh, sex club. And Noé was kind of like told by uh, Dario Argento that like like oh if you are seen cruising people are going to be like hey you're being homophobic so Noé like went back to that place shot some footage of him jerking off at the uh, sex club and put it into the movie to say I am not beneath gays and and. and oh Holy oh yeah uh, uh you know likewise uh john cameron mitchell like on set for uh for a short bus john cameron mitchell um he would be naked on set oftentimes and, and so would everybody and it's just like hey just to break the ice and he actually ended up um and we'd reverse things to kind of like show solidarity with his cast and crew he gave head to like a woman for the first time for that uh film i think it's in the background and <laughs> the, the voyeurism scene with that uh, that's set to uh that's set to animal collective
1: um also gasper noe is is proof that it it is possible to ethically make very sexually explicit uh, content because because that's like that, that that's the thing that a lot of people are are about with like especially like unsimulated sex and whatnot it's like uh, that because yeah there is there have been several instances in film history about uh, unsimulated sex that uh, is uh, not consensual and is... well if you think about
0: like Last Tango in Paris there's some like even simulated sex that isn't yeah consensual, exactly which which is, you know and and I think that's definitely sexual coercion yeah. you know what Bert- Bertolucci did um but no way I think he's fair game he is very much pr- I, people say he's homophobic I have a video on the topic but he. He's he's not. He he's just not. likes to push things to an extreme. Climax, for example. Oh my goodness, there are so oh, many. God, I love gay, that movie. I'm pretty sure like half of the people in that film are gay or, or trans or something. There's a trans yep. woman that plays a cis woman that, and I know she's cis because she's like she gave birth, right? She has like a she has like a biological kid,
1: and he doesn't care. Wait, the the one who plays the mother is uh yeah, she's trans. Oh shit! Oh, that's awesome. So
0: uh, to, to 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 quote, uh I so, didn't This know is what she said: Gaspar Noé. Life is a short game. If you want to be bisexual, pansexual, do it. Climax is is all about the joy of living, which is interesting. Way to kind of frame climax. Do what you want. (laughs) It's very interesting. (laughs) When I went for the first time to a Vogue in the ballroom, it's very gay, very transgender, very lesbian. But above all is a crazy energy that comes from their movements that is fascinating. So I said, well, probably the most radical people do the most radical dances. And so when you can't fight socially, you fight by dancing. And I feel like that that energy right there, you know, can kind of be applied to, like, all sorts of his different films. Uh, irrever- irreversible, I'm pretty sure we're going to cover sometime on this channel. Um, Probably. But yeah, but he did say that he's not homophobic. But he also said, I'm not gay either. I'm not even bisexual. But I came close to gay
1: situations in my life. See, what I think, what I think about Noe is that uh he is a he is a voyeur um we've called different like
0: people gender weird on this channel before and the question is is this guy secretly trans or is he um a chaser and uh maybe somewhere in between uh <laughs> yeah. that's kind of that's kind that's kind of the vibe i get but and but when it comes to the film like love he puts so much of himself in it literally yeah. and and like 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 all those edgy movie posters that are all littered across the, um murphy's wall that's no way's taste <laughs> you know yep. that, that's no way's taste in film he's like taking photos of like electro when there's this giant solo or the 120 did a sodom poster in the background i'm like <laughs> my kind of guy um but, <laughs> yeah. but, but 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 anyways he puts so much of himself in that and i feel like in a way it's very vulnerable in a way you know he's telling these actors kind of uh, give them a rough, rough estimate of what they should say i i do think that a lot of there's a lot of Murphy. The worst parts of Murphy are in Noé. And
1: the worst and the best parts of Elektra are in Noé. The big reason that Love was so hard for me to watch was because uh back when I I was a guy or I was pretending to be a guy when I was when I was playing that role, whatever. Um I and I was I was trying to, you know, do monogamy and do monogamous relationships because, you know, that was that was what was expected. Um I dealt with that kind of jealousy and possessiveness and and that toxicity, the toxicity of monogamy it 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 was horrible. I I, I hurt people I, I hurt people I loved and more deeply hurt myself uh, and and so and so seeing that character it was, really was like the worst parts of my my old self and uh, even 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 probably the worst parts of myself now that I you know strive to keep in check uh seeing that in that character was like oof
0: yeah uh, and i think i think one of the ways that it's expressed is like when they kind of like visit a transgender sex worker Um, oh yeah i assume she's a sex worker and they have like a they initiate like a three-way yeah one could say that's transphobic because it's like oh it's a compromise between having sex with men and women but it's a very real mentality and guess what like Uh it or not trans women can be kind of like or trans men, for that matter, can kind of be a gateway to bisexuality, which is seen in Short Bus when, um, Sophia tries to hook up with, um, Justin Bond before kind of moving on to, um, more traditional women. <laughs> um, Justin Bond, yeah. he's a homosexual, uh, Sarah Princess. <laughs> I love
1: that line delivery.
0: <laughs> the actual Justin Vivian Bond is, um, I guess like pronouns are, are V. V and V self. V is a um, is like is a like gender queer, I believe. Like the like kind of like somewhere on, on the trans feminine spectrum.
1: It, it, yeah, it, it's an it's a neo uh, neo pronoun.
0: Both disclosure and this, they both have like a trans femme. That's named Justin, and that kind of like that, that interests me. And, and and the reason why I, I kind of laugh about Justin and Vivian Bond's name is because I mean, well, Vivian's here, and also my birth name is Justin, so it's just kind of funny. It's kind of just funny
1: <laughs> for me to say. Yeah, we both we both get
0: a chuckle out of that. <laughs> I think what John Cameron Mitchell is trying to do is express the malleability of both gender, and which is what he did even more so with like Hedvig, but in in this like the malleability of orientation, you know. Justin Bond, maybe homosexual or whatever that means for a trans person, maybe more orientated towards men. But, you know, the right girl comes around. Maybe that kind of the little bit of byness shows up just like for straight people. A little bit of byness shows up and 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 kind of having like a little bit of a compromise. Some boobs, some cocks can yeah. kind of like be and- the gateway there. But in love when they are about to, you know, the tranny, as they say, yep. Murphy gets scared. First, he's like, before she lowers her panties, he's just staring at um, like the penis as it's closed. <laughs> but then when she lowers it, she he can't look at it, and and it's like he's just so obsessed because now he's vulnerable, uh-huh. and, and and she's like pretty understanding. Oh yeah, uh, I guess they do go they do go through with it. And Electra just wants and and you know um, Murphy wants to keep a secret. The whole like situation, he kind of like, oh, I want to erase that thing from his mind. Very dehumanizing language. Oh yeah, um, he's a piece don't if, of don't... shit. Oh oh yeah, he's he's terrible. He's like, we had to keep this a secret, and he's like, secrets make you stronger, and she's like, no, secrets make you darker. And guess what? <laughs> like that, she's right. And I think that like a lot of their kind of like conversations, I feel like a lot of that is. No Way's kind of back and forth conversation in his mind. Mm Because No Way is like a progressive thing, a relatively progressive thinker. But he's really interested in exploring the passions and the the intensities on polar opposite, you know, sides, which is what you know, is what he just does throughout his filmography, whether it be about death, life, um, so on and so forth. And in this case, it's, it's about love. And it's also about, it's about also how love destroys you. It's that romanticism, you know, Murphy has a romanticism towards electric he looks back at it and he wants to long for that but what is he really longing for a relationship where he was a piece of shit and kind of like was it very good to her her falling into drug abuse and possible suicide is the inevitable result honestly yeah you try to be so possessive and this person tries to give so much of herself to him he just like messes it up. And Omi is no fa- and by the way, I blame Omi too. A lot of yeah. guys are kind of like put into this position, especially if there's like child support involved and stuff. Because like, I blame Omi too, honestly.
1: Yeah, the whole, um, the, the, the scene with, uh, scene with the tranny, um, and that whole exchange. It also, I, I appreciate the, the depiction of that kind of encounter on film, period, because that's not something that we see very often, and even even less common is it is framed as being. uh Murphy is the one being framed as the unreasonable one. He's he's being framed as
0: weak and cowardly, and well, part of it is this because because in kind of like fearing like like the unknown, fearing being gay, fearing being dominated, fearing losing his sense of masculinity, his sense of self worth, and quite honestly, I feel like one reason that people feel scared about like being with trans people sometimes it's like oh this is foreign to me i'm uncomfortable with this because it's like what are you saying that there is not so much of a separation between men and women (laughs) that's what oftentimes what's going through their minds yep because it's like because it just threatens their understanding of their own masculinity their own sexuality and they want to either destroy it which is what, what why we have so many hate crimes that occur with the defense of gay panic and, mm-hmm. and, and 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 it sucks. It really does suck, and it sucks that gay panic is something that is a defense that can still be legally used in the majority
1: of the United States. Yeah, and LGBT like, and, and panic. It, it doesn't matter what you call it. Being like what we embody as trans people, the what the homophobes and transphobes, because um, homophobia is transphobia is homophobia. Uh, I, 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 I'm sorry, the, the folks can insist that uh, that uh cis man being uh, attracted to trans women is uh, uh, still hundred percent straight and whatnot. Um I take contention with that because I think being attracted to a trans person a- at all makes a person a little gay. And the problem is being a little gay is is so stigmatized the, as being less is bad something and that
0: undesired or whatever. If you want you can call it queer or whatever. It can, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like yeah, no, I I agree to some extent. Maybe there's some semantic dispute in there somewhere because it's like, uh, I think that yeah, those true person. If definitely. somebody passes really well as like somebody's understanding, like of like what a woman looks like, and they're attracted to them for on those basis, and they just can't tell. I mean, like, uh, what, but then at what point is their sexuality, you know, and, you know, somebody is straight, that they're not going to be attracted to, uh, that man is not going to be attracted to all women. Exactly. Y- y- you know what, you know what I mean, or, or, or all, all cis women or whatever. And yeah. And there's going to be some people with, like, genital preferences and so on, too. Um, and and some of that comes down to, you know, what they want, like, in the bedroom, Yeah, but some of it also can come down to just like just the social imposition of like what they're told, because you can't have anything that goes outside of like your understanding of heteronormative of like the heteronormative society or like your masculinity. You know, Mm -hmm.
1: it's kind of like what it's it's ultimately I think what comes down to is what the mayor said in short bus is being permeable. Everybody, every single body needs to be okay with the idea with the prospect of being less straight or or, or being not not as straight yeah. as they as and monogamous too everybody just well, needs yeah, to it goes
0: hand in hand
1: yeah everybody just needs to learn how to be okay with not being straight not being that, monogamous that
0: is when you can learn to love yourself and then mm-hmm. from there love other people
1: Exactly. Because, because uh, cis, uh, cis heteronormativity, uh, mononormativity, monogamy, monogamy is a system of control, uh, as is cis heteronormativity, it is all and patriarchy and all that it is a system of control and being liberated from that, whatever your specifics are being liberated from that system is that is how you find love because that is you divorcing yourself from right. control at, le-
0: at the very least thinking outside of that system of control and trying to be like you know assess what works for you and what does and how much of it's self-imposed yeah there are some parts of me that on occasion i might like, get jealous about something but then i think wait hold on a second jane why
1: you know what i mean mm-hmm.
0: like, like 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 get a grip Yep. you know <laughs>
1: um and they're, they're all emo- they're all emotions at the end of the day. Yeah, and,
0: and sometimes and- these things are natural, but a lot of it is, a, but then people celebrate these kind of, like our own insecurities. And quite frankly, I'm just going to say it. I think heteronormativity, and that includes mononormativity, you know, kind of like together, is infantilizing. Uh-huh. I think yep. that breaking free of that, at least to some extent, based off of your comfort level, comfort, you know, and personally, I think it's good to be outside of your comfort level somewhat. I don't think you should oh, be able yeah. to, because that's how you grow. But, mm-hmm. you know, relatively, you know, according to your comfort, assess kind of like how and in what ways you can think outside of this system and do it, because you'll be more fulfilled. Your partner would be more fulfilled. Your relationship would be more fulfilled, if you're both on the same page, that is. Because the, the, the unfortunate reality is a lot of times, people's partners are not on the same page as them
1: yeah and that's that's really what that's really what makes relationships fail and just for the record so many like you
0: know people are like oh poly relationships always fail well okay you have three people in the dynamic think about how often two people fail or fail but yeah relationships otherwise like omi and murphy
1: Yep, and and like honestly, looking at you know relationships in terms of uh of just failure and successes is I think it does a disservice to the the complexity and fluidity of human relationships because like uh, it, what does it mean for uh, a relationship to have failed if I know so many queer people who uh, remain friends with their exes? Um, Me? Which, yeah, yeah, exactly. Would you say that your relationship with them failed? You you probably wouldn't say that. You you'd say it changed. No, I don't
0: think it failed. Maybe te- maybe temporarily, but like it was all like a building block. It was a stepping stone, and that's what you can wish for the best. And and to be quite honest, you know, and part of this came with my transition too. But like I feel more loved by that person now. Yeah. than I did then. And more fulfilled yeah, and to exactly. be quite honest like i no, I, I i'm glad that we kind of like worked on things together um and and to, to to make the most of it it took a while sometimes things can take a while especially when you're still ascribing to that m- those models of kind of like of of, of 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 norms but you know at the end of the day like mm-hmm. no i'm no, yeah i don't yeah it's, it's my best friend if, if i yeah. if i love them <laughs> i'm going to keep them around for as long as i can so long as it's healthy and it's good to make sure that it's healthy yeah sometimes to make to reach a healthy place because there's two people or more um (laughs) basically in some ways wrapped up in these kind of like you know being slaves to the models of, of of like kind of like norms but yeah no um i think queer people the reason why um like they can get along with their exes and things like that you know is because they already and and, and why queer people are more susceptible to being like polyamorous or more open to the idea or less restrictive is like number one like they don't have the same kind of like insecurity um as like straight people do like a straight person would be like oh you know you're a girl don't have friends with girls okay well you can tell like a gay guy not to have friends with guys are you kidding me (laughs) you know what i mean or or a bi person not to have friends so there's that And then also, um, it's like, and also like gay people, queer people, LGBT community, blah, blah, blah. Um, they have a tendency to be more um, willing to experiment because they're not following the same scripts. At least they shouldn't be. Because if you're already kind of um, being like, hey, hold on, this doesn't work for me. Whatever, what society is telling me to do. Don't just settle on a... Heteronormative model of homosexuality, kind of consider in what other ways is what they're telling me is it wrong? And that's what me- makes people more woke or whatever, you know, kind of like being able to like open their eyes to even like white queers realizing, oh wow, I was not, I was kind of turning a blind eye to to like racial inequity, you know, in, in the United States and things like that, you know, because like you start get you you gain more perspective the more you challenge yourself and that's ultimately like what i'm hoping to do with like this podcast is like challenge audiences you know but like but but but, yeah but 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 short answer to your question like yeah I, i definitely feel like a lot better now and it's not a failed relationship it is a um trial and error and the conclusion is better off as friends but Who's just say, who says that friends must be restricted to the same kind of boxes that um that mononormativity dictates you know what I mean I'm saying that in general <laughs> communication is what matters communications of feelings and kind of and and making sure that they're on the same page as e o other.
1: you know there's there's you know being friends with you know former exes you wouldn't say those relation that relationship failed on the flip side there's also um. Very often straight relationships, straight monogamous relationships, uh, marriages, I think in particular, that are failures, um, and would, would be more, you know, beneficial to both parties if they ended. And uh, that's why, that's why divorce is a good thing. Divorce and abortion are good things because they allow people in toxic relationships, in dysfunctional relationships to live their lives to live their lives and to move on and to be better yeah relationships uh, success and failure is not a binary that really you know can apply to them we're, we're more fluid we're more complex and 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 permeable than that
0: every relationship you have is unique in its own way and really what it comes down to is in what ways do you love someone but like the love that we have, you know, chemical balances dictating kind of our thoughts, feelings, emotions, and and care for another person, or idealization of another person—that's romanticism—is um, is very much like there's the, it comes in different forms, and and it's always going to be unique to everybody, and I guess like. I'm not necessarily against like hierarchy, because like at the end of the day, like like people are selfish and people are like they can, you know, they have limited attention. They, they, they do. And so, um, but I think like to at least challenge hierarchies in relationships is is like can be welcomed to at least kind of like challenge kind of like the notions of like, oh, you know, you're not my friend, you're my best friend you know you're not my best friend you're my friend you, you know i think that it's good to kind of like challenge like oh you know friends don't do this friends yeah. do that. it's like well why why because it threatens kind of like the mononormative model yeah. for what like um marriage is in, in 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 contrast that seems to be the case that's why, you should, that's why girls shouldn't be friends with guys and, and guys shouldn't be friends with girls because that just upsets the established order. It's, it's, it's ridiculous,
1: right? Yeah. Monogamy is a, uh, like patriarchy and cis-heteronormativity, monogamy is a pre-built box, it's like a collection of boxes that ultimately just restrict our humanity in all its beauty and complexity disregard those boxes they you are better than those boxes it they don't mean any of the happiness you can possibly gain from uh from monogamy because you know some people do some people do like it and do get get something from it you don't need monogamy to get that you you are capable of doing it just you and your partner or partners
0: people work together talk talk yeah. things over don't stop repressing things. At the very least accept, like, whatever it is that you're repressing inside, at least accept it yourself. And then go from there. Yeah. You know, and whatever's most healthy for everybody. I mean, in my own relationship that I, that I have right now, like, I, like, you know, because I'm, this is the first, like, you know, post-transition serious relationship that I've been in. And I, and I start, like, just start questioning things of, like, all right, well, I'm already redefining myself. What else, I should also redefine, like, how I think about things. And let go of that kind of like possessiveness. And then, and, and in the process, like, it, I'm not gonna lie, it, everything seems so much healthier. Yeah. And so much more, and so much more freeing and accepting. And like the way that I can talk to friends, and the way that I talk to my partner, I feel stronger with her I as a result. Yeah. And I think that more people should kind of like, follow suit. It, it can foster an environment of happiness, you know, for, 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 for you, your partner, your friends um yeah also sex and movies are good <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and yeah uh, unsimulated sex should be more the norm the idea that oh we can't we can't have unsimulated sex be be just be be a norm like what you expect you expect famous people or movie stars to like like do unsimulated sex on you know, on screen it's like why not why not they're fucking actors um, obviously we need to we need to make sure that production uh ethical production and ethical Relative and safe and everything ethical. yeah but like but like yeah you know, seriously it's because you know there are there is an entire profession of uh actors and performers who do have unsimulated sex uh on uh, you know, on simulated sex yeah, on camera. And probably
0: would like to break into the industry, but they're stigmatized because they have simulated yeah, sex. Yeah, movie
1: stars, if movie stars are too, uh, are too pussy to, uh, you know, uh, put up and perform and do their fucking jobs, <laughs> then, um, you know, that's, uh, that's puritanical and, uh, implicitly kind of maybe a little bit of an anti-sex work, um, mindset. But, uh right, and we should yeah. pa- we, should
0: pa- we should move past we should move past, and I think like, like you know anything that's like sexual deviance, whether that's polyamory or you know homosexuality, sex work, and stuff, we should try to kind of like foster a more diverse and accepting environment for adults for yeah, yeah. kids, on the other hand, it's a lot more complicated, but that's actually what we're going <laughs> to get into a little bit next time, uh we're going to be discussing. Age gap relationships in specific queer age gap relationships. Uh, my partner Elaine Fuentes will be on once again to discuss uh "Call Me by Your Name" by Luca Guadagnino and "Carol" by Todd Haynes. So do check those films out. Um, and we will be discussing them next time.
1: Yeah, we're gonna talk about age gaps and. That's going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. Um, a little, little <laughs> yeah. preview.
0: I am in an age gap relationship. So, yes. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, that should be fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're getting some, getting some first-hand accounts. So, I guess I'll be cancelled next week? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, All right everybody. Uh, we'll see you next time, and stay gay.
0: Bye!